Greetings, everyone. I'm Jeffrey K. Lines, and it's Thursday, February the 1st, 2024, and this is Narrative Wars. In this episode, we hear directly from the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, and his views on the Texas border crisis and the federal government's failed response. Charlie Kirk and Turning Point Action held their Chase the Vote initiative in Las Vegas a week prior to the RNC convention, also being held in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the mainstream media, news, print, and streaming services are all losing viewers, subscribers, and advertising revenue. There is a major shaking and realignment which is taking place in the legacy media. All of this and much more on today's episode of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. Turning now to our first story, in case you haven't heard, there's trouble on the southern border, and Texas in particular is being singled out by the Biden regime. This next piece highlights the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton. Now, we're going to listen to an interview which was done and aired by Tucker Carlson over his network, Tucker on X. This was January 26, 2024. Uh, the piece is a minute and 40 seconds, and Tucker is having this conversation with Ken Paxton, AG of Texas, uh, regarding the lawlessness of the federal government, which is taking place on the southern border between Texas and Mexico. Let's take a listen to this piece, cut number 1A. So what happens now? Things are moving very quickly, and it seemed like there was no one better to tell us what the future may hold than the Attorney General of the state in question, Ken Paxton, who joins us now. Mr. Attorney General, thank you so much for coming on. So that that's the question. Where, where does this go? It, it's, it seems like there are two large forces speeding toward each other, no one's swerving. What happens, do you think? You know, I don't think anybody knows exactly what happened because we're in uncharted territory where we have a federal government that has largely not just ignored federal law, not just ignored their constitutional role to protect the state and the country. They're actually participating with the cartels and bringing people here as fast as they possibly can. I just don't think we've ever seen anything like this in our country where we have a federal government not just not doing their job, but affirmatively working with bad people to do bad things to the country. I just, I don't remember anything like this. So can, can I just ask you something there? Since you're a law enforcement, you're the chief law enforcement officer of your state. Can you assess whether what the Biden administration is doing now is strictly speaking criminal? Are they breaking the law in how they're handling the border? I, I think they are. I mean, they're taking federal law and dismantling it. It's, it's, he has a constitutional duty to implement what has been put in place by the elected representatives. Yes. And he's just not doing that. And he's making up his own rules as we go that 
allow the cartels to gain a foothold, a strong, really strong foothold in the United States, not just in my state, but really across the, they're building a network across the country so that they can keep doing this well after Biden's gone. So this is a very serious situation, building a network across the country so they can continue to do this after the Biden administration is gone. What we're talking about here is the cartels being in charge of the southern border, the cartels which move human beings in terms of human trafficking, uh, drugs, fentanyl, which is killing tens of thousands of Americans every year coming across. And so this is a major concern, not to mention gang members, criminals, and crimes that are occurring. Uh, and these crimes are occurring uh, daily across the United States of America. In fact, I just saw a piece in New York City where illegal immigrants swarmed around two police officers in New York City and uh, beat those two police officers on a sidewalk. Now, here's a follow-up piece, uh, Multi-State Coalition Sides with Texas. We talked about this. Uh, this is just the news, January 29, 2024. But just pointing out a, a couple things here, uh, more than 10 million uh, illegal immigrants, according to Justin News, have come across the border since Biden took office, and that the uh, Biden administration continues to blame Republicans. Well, yeah, that is their modus operandi. Uh, they create the problem. The Democrats do. The Biden administration does this. They create the problem. This wasn't occurring under Trump, but as soon as Biden got in office, remember, he stopped building the wall. He sold the remaining segments of the border wall, pennies on a dollar. And then he created this situation, opened up the borders, and 10 million illegal immigrants three years later have come across the border into the United States. And now he blames it on the Republicans and uh, says that we need to pass a law that there needs to be a new law. Well, this is a complete joke. Politico, January 27, 2024. Here's an article. Johnson throws cold water on the border deal. Well, you know, what would you expect from Politico, which is a left-leaning publication? But in the article, it points out that the Department of Homeland Security would be required to shut down illegal crossings if the daily average of encounters surpasses 5,000 migrants or if any one day total surpasses 8,500. So yeah, somewhere between 5,000 and 8,500 a day, you know, if they hit that point, they're going to shut down the border. They're actually going to do what they're supposed to do and what it says they're supposed to do in the Constitution. So they're going to basically codify lawlessness. Johnson says this will never hit the floor. I hope that he keeps to his word. Now, at this moment uh, that we put this show together, Wall Street Journal continued to ignore the story, along with the New York Times. Uh, the Associated Press did cover the story. So let's do a little math here. 5,000 a day times 30. Let's just use 30 as you know, a number representing a month. I understand February's less. Other months have 31. Some have 30. So let's just say 5,000 a day times 30. That's 150,000 in one month times 12 months. That's 1.8 million a year. So basically, 
the Democrats are arm-twisting and bullying the Republicans to go along with this horrific piece of legislation, which codifies into the government law book the right to abandon the border and look the other way as 1.8 million illegals march across the border every year. Bad idea. I do want to point out that what this is, is the Clower-Piven strategy. Now, this is, we're going to go a little more into this. This was something that uh, was developed in the 60s. Clower-Piven. Now, this is a from a white paper. Richard Poe wrote this, 2005, and we're going to put the links in the show notes. Quote, first proposed in 1966, named after Columbia University sociologists Richard Andrew Cloward and Francis Fox Piven. Cloward-Piven's strategy seeks to hasten the fall of capitalism by overloading the government bureaucracy. Basically, it's Marxism. Overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands. How about 1.8 million illegals coming across the border every year? Thus pushing society into a crisis and economic collapse. So this is what these communist progressives at Columbia University, Richard Andrew Cloward and Francis Fox Piven, wanted. They came together with this uh, idea, and then, of course, after that, we had the uh, war on poverty uh, with LBJ, and that just put people into government housing. We had food stamps. We had the uh, roles expanding for uh, welfare, and on and on. Government program after government program, and the war of poverty, of course, complete failure, but a complete win for those that advocate following the Clower-Piven strategy. So we're going to continue because uh, that's kind of a bummer to hear that, but we've got some positive news also coming up. We've got a continuation of this Tucker Carlson interview, and uh, that's coming up right next. So Carlson continued uh, his interview, and he spoke with former Green Beret and physician Dr. Pete Chambers. Now, Pete Chambers is one of the organizers of this truck convoy that started a few days ago, and uh, the truck convoy started in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the whole idea was to raise awareness of what is taking place on the southern border. Let's listen to this. Uh, this is a little bit longer piece. It's 2 minutes 32 seconds, but I think it's real important to listen. This is a peaceful protest, and the point of it is to raise awareness. But let's listen directly from Dr. Pete Chambers, one of the key organizers of this truck convoy. Cut number 1B. So um, what can we expect with this convoy? Can you describe what it is and what its purpose is? Right. This is a peaceful assembly. This is what we do as Americans. This is how we get we shed light to a subject. This shedding of the light will result in exposing, really, what an open border policy looks like. Yes. We know that, that you know, we know the problem sets in Texas. 
But literally, I could I promise you this, that 40 miles north of that border, there will be people that will never have heard of the border problem because they just watch mainstream media. Yes. And so this is what that is about. And so can you tell us the route of the convoy and who you expect to join it? Right. Uh, so so right now they're going to be leaving out of on the 29th, uh, Virginia Beach, which is where the 1607 Covenant, the landing, uh, was signified the uh, John Smith landing in 1607, where they played, yes. planted a cross on the beach and said, hey, we, this is a covenant to this nation, to God. Uh, and, and then they're going to leave from there and they're going to go down through Florida. They're going to cut across Highway 10 through Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Houston, into uh, Dripping Springs, Texas, where I'll be working out of, and then on to near Eagle Pass. Now, I'm part of the advisory of this. And, and as, I, as I advised, I used to be in that same unit that's down there. That's the unit that has a streamer on it from the Alamo. It's very historic Texas unit. And so they are down there holding line. And I know those soldiers. I worked with them. I, 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 I took care of them as a doctor with uh, Operation Lone Star. They're busy. So the, the, the convoy is going to go just a little bit shy, just a little bit to the north, really, uh, in, a, in an area about 30 miles away in Kimado, Texas, to a children's camp. The cartels are a significant presence in that area because that is the end point of where they do the end around. So we are looking at the bright, shiny object that is Eagle Pass. That's a bright, shiny object. Look here. What, what this is going to do is it's going to bring light to it because we have to understand that there is a constitution, both state and federal, and that we have to, number one, expose those that argue things in the Hegelian dialectics, if you will, of tort law, and look at the Constitution, which is exactly what this is a focus. On the Constitution, we the people. That's why we the people will be riding along, mama bears, cops, veterans, truckers, uh, and going to that location to bring light. There is nothing nefarious about this, but this is a peaceful demonstration. So this is a peaceful demonstration when they arrive in Texas, they're going to be about 30 miles away from Eagle Pass, where all this uh, activity is taking place uh, between the state of Texas and the federal government and the federal government wanting Texas to cut razor wire and tear down uh, the uh, uh, border wall between Texas and the country or nation of Mexico. But they're going to be about 30 miles away on private land. Smart move, very smart. You don't want to uh, start another situation which is going to look like January 6th. So you want to stay away from the actual spot, but you want to get the uh, exposure on the local media in order to point out what's taking place down there. So again, the purpose of this whole convoy is to expose the open border policy that the Biden administration is pursuing. Remember that 1.8 million illegal immigrants, that's what they're pushing for to be codified in this horrific uh, border not deal uh, that uh, the, the Senate is concocting. And we are hoping that the Republicans will basically throw it in the trash can and set it on fire and never touch it. Uh, we don't need it. In fact, we don't need any new laws. Uh, it was working fine under President Trump. All we need to do is enforce the laws that we have. But uh, Biden ignores the Constitution of the United States of America and uh, prefers to uh, systematically dismantle the Constitution. 
He needs to be voted out of office. This past month of January, we've had a variety of international listeners, which we welcome uh, to the Narrative Wars Posse. People have been listening from New Zealand, United Kingdom, the Netherlands, and even Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join in the conversation at Narrative Wars. Join us on social media on both Getter and True Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. I enjoy receiving your feedback and reading some of your comments on the air. And when you listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, please give us a five-star rating, follow, and send our podcast link out to one or two like-minded friends. And that's how we continue to expand the Narrative Wars posse. Coming up next, what is Charlie Kirk and Turning Point Action doing in Las Vegas, Nevada this week? Turning now to our next piece, Charlie Kirk discusses the Turning Point Action Training Conference for precinct leaders, district chairs, and other Republican grassroots volunteers. The key is to identify Republican voters and to get them to the polls in 2024. Let's take and listen to this next piece from the Charlie Kirk Show titled The RNC is Failing the Grassroots, January 30th, 2024. Cut number two. The RNC has failed us all. The RNC does not have an attitude to win. The RNC has these meaningless meetings. And in fact, I'll be very honest with you. I have grown in my intensity against the RNC in the last couple hours because I see more and more people coming up to the camera and they thank Turning Point Action for giving them the data, for giving them the specifics. But it shouldn't have to be this way. There are these people that are coming up and saying, I have never received a piece of data from the RNC of what precincts to hit or what strategy. We're doing individual one-off meetings. And this clip really tells the entire story. To win, play cut 22. Thank you to Turning Point. I've learned more in one day than I have in two years what, as an what, RNC what, chairman. Okay, what are, the, what, what are two or three things you learned that you, you oh uh, my didn't gosh. know before? So, so they have, the Turning Point data people have dug down to precinct level, six precincts of mine that had target voters that were likely voters in 2016, 2020 that did not vote, and they're Republicans, down to 25,000 voters. I can hit those six precincts now with my walk list. I've never gotten that dug down from the RPOF or the RNC. Turning Point has done it. I'm taking it home to my people, my precinct captains, and going out and doing this now. 25,000 votes. That's amazing. It's huge. 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 So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Charlie Kirk. Thank you, Steve, for everything you do. So this is all about identifying the base and getting them to the polls or mailing in their vote or doing whatever they need to do in order to actually vote. So here's an article, Breitbart, January 29, 2024. Turning Point Action identifies 4.5 million disengaged GOP voters across 10 battleground states. Well, I talked to one of those a number of years ago. She said, oh yeah, I didn't vote for Trump in 2020. Now, she identified herself as a conservative. I was in her office. We were doing business. My wife was there. She heard the same conversation. Church-going person. Okay, fine. No, I just didn't want to vote at all that year. 
So I asked her why. Well, I didn't like all those mean tweets from President Trump. So really? Mean tweets? You know, we're not electing the pastor-in-chief. We're electing the commander-in-chief. This is a guy from New York. This is a guy who made his billions in the construction industry. Perhaps she has never hung around or listened to construction workers. They do not have the most sanitized vocabulary when they're on the job. Let me just put it that way. I mean, this is what it is. How about a general in the middle of a battle? How about someone like Patton or any general when soldiers are dying and bullets are flying and bodies are lying dead on the ground? You think they just have kind, nice things to say about the enemy? I don't think so. We're in a battle, folks, and we're not electing the nice tweeter to be in the White House. We need someone who's going to stand up for all those voiceless Americans in the flyover states who are being marginalized and just want a government that will follow the Constitution. But that's not happening under the Biden administration. So turning point action, they're the political arm of conservative movement leader Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA. The group held their first ever Restoring National Confidence event at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. 75 of the top 100 battleground counties were represented at the conference. Now, this is in contrast to the Republican National Committee winter meetings, which are also going to be held in Vegas between January 30th and February the 3rd. But you just heard one of the attendees saying, we're getting far more information, practical information from Turning Point Action than we ever got from the RNC. I've been personally at those RNC See training sessions. And I can tell you, I never received that sort of information. I've worked on local campaigns. I worked on a campaign for a congressional office. I've walked. I've talked to constituents. I've worked in a campaign which was able to successfully elect a Republican to a seat in the United States Congress. I've seen walk lists and I've walked a precinct with other volunteers, but the walk list that we had just identified Republican voters. This is an even better walk list. What they're talking about is a walk list that shows people that are registered Republicans, but didn't even turn out for the last presidential election. You know, those people who thought that Trump put out mean tweets I've never seen a walk list like that. So these are incredible resources which Turning Point Action is providing. And frankly, the RNC has dropped the ball. At the end of the day, it's a waste of time to argue with people who never vote your candidate. You only have a fixed amount of time to talk and 
to voters before an election. So you want a very targeted walk list and you want to turn out your voters. And I remember that that was a part of what we did with the campaign that, that was successful. We had a very clear GOTV strategy within the last few weeks prior to the election, prior to the polls opening up. So GOTV, get out the vote. Finally, it's actually fun to participate in walking the precinct. Uh, you can go in pairs with another person. Uh, you go on one side of the street, the other person on the other side of the street. Don't walk the district alone. Always go with a walking buddy. But it is fun, and it's even more enjoyable uh, to be able to do that with, with the actual candidate. In other words, you're walking with someone else, and the candidate uh, is also walking, and then after a few hours... Uh, you meet back at a particular location and the actual candidate is there. It is great to participate in something like that. If you haven't done that, I have. I strongly recommend you get involved. Moving into our final segment for today's program, the entertainment industry is the latest to undergo job cuts, with major companies like Disney, Paramount, uh, reportedly planning big layoffs or another la round of layoffs in 2024. These media giants join the wave of tech and other industries uh, reducing headcount to cut costs amid the economic uncertainty of 2024. We're going to listen to this piece. This is from Yahoo Finance, uh, news outlets slash jobs as businesses suffer. Uh, this is 42 seconds. Let's take a listen to this next. This is cut number three. Today, guys, we're starting on a bit of a somber note. We're talking layoffs as some pretty heavy hitters in the entertainment industry from traditional media like Paramount Global to some of those uh, publications and newspapers like Sports Illustrated and the LA Times are going through layoffs, or at least some of these companies hinting that layoffs are going to be coming down the pipeline. And it seems like the reckoning that we saw really throughout 2023 is continuing in 2024. Across the board, a lot of these companies have been trying to right-size their businesses, trying to reduce headcount, reduce the amount of money that they're spending, because at the end of the day, streaming is not still profitable. You have the advertising environment that is just not getting better. That's hammering these cable companies. So there is a bloodbath, really, that is taking place among these media properties. And keep in mind that the journalism industry, media television, radio, print, and even the online uh, community that's putting out news and information, these are not the majority of jobs in the United States of America. We're not talking something like the medical field or the construction field, which has millions and millions of people, uh, even car manufacturing, which uh, I understand the, the actual car manufacturers don't have uh, as many jobs as they did many years ago, but they've outsourced jobs. So if you take the car manufacturers and all the outsourced jobs that put together the various parts, the seats and the different parts that are a part of the vehicle and then ship to the factory for assembly, you've got a massive industry. We're not talking that. 
the media industry is much, much smaller. So here's a piece from Axios, which follows up on what we just heard from Yahoo Finance. Why is this important? This is Axios, mainstream media bloodbath, news outlets slash jobs as business suffers. And this is January 26, 2024. Why is it important? Reading from the article, the media business is shrinking at the national, state, and local levels. The big picture, media cuts were so severe last year, okay, looking back at 2023, that most industry observers weren't expecting such intense cutbacks in 2024. In other words, 2023 was bad, and it's going to continue in 2024. So what is driving the news? Well, Forbes uh, newsroom union began a three-day walkout Thursday arguing management was union busting. Okay, so you've got that going on at Forbes. Uh, Insider announced it was eliminating 8% of its workforce. New York Daily News editorial uh, union walked off the job. Paramount CEO Bob Backish said Thursday that the company is planning more layoffs. LA Times, more layoffs. There was a recent walkout uh, there uh, protesting the job cuts. Condé Nast, which uh, is the uh, holding company for multiple uh, publications, another walk-off there protesting the layoffs, uh, which have impacted another 5% of the staff or 300 people. So, uh, this is all over the country. Sports Illustrated, I think we mentioned this in the past, but it's worth talking about again. Completely gutted, sweeping layoffs. Everybody was fired. Uh, they lost their license, and so they're looking for someone else uh, to be carrying the brand of S Sports Illustrated. BuzzFeed having problems, Red Ventures, and we mentioned Paramount, uh, which includes uh, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Skydance, all in a tailspin, and uh, many, many people are going to lose their jobs. Now, I do feel bad about people losing their jobs, but look, this is where woke media gets us. Uh, the public are going to look somewhere else. They are not interested in uh, being lectured to in terms of gender fluidity, in terms of gender-affirming care. They just want to watch a football game. When they turn into ESPN, they don't want politics. They just want to watch a basketball game. So this is what's going on. And the boycotts are working. We saw that last year with Bud Light, uh, which, by the way, is drastically trying to win back market share. They've lost as much as 30% of mar market share in certain regions of the United States. So uh, we'll be seeing uh, the Super Bowl soon in a few weeks. And Bud Light is making ad buys there, trying to uh, get manly again. I'm not sure if it's going to work. Target. They're not even trying to get customers back. They're in bad shape. So it's what I was saying here is this whole trend of customers leaving a brand, uh, leaving a particular company, not shopping here, shopping somewhere else. What we've been talking about, the parallel economy, it's working and it's affecting the media 
in a big, big way. And we have covered Disney uh, in the past, losing billions of dollars because customers are walking away from woke Disney. So this story is huge, folks. The entire media industry is basically being rearranged. You're going to see large companies uh, being sold, others being bought, and that's your mergers and acquisitions. That's why Yahoo News was covering this story. They were looking at it from a basically a, an income statement balance sheet point of view and uh, mergers and acquisitions. So we're going to see this continue in 2024. Really, you want to be looking towards those alternative sources of news information like this podcast, like many other podcasts. I would recommend uh, take a look at uh, Rumble. There's a lot of great content there in terms of conservative voices. So we're going to continue to track this as uh, some of these media properties uh, sink and uh, what they re-emerge as. We are seeing a major uh, realignment happening. And again, why is this happening? Well, 60% of the economy of the United States of America is driven by consumer spending. So if a major segment, you know, we've got... Uh, 70 million or more conservatives across the United States of America, uh, that is a huge segment of the population. And so if they vote with their dollars and they go somewhere else, these companies are going to feel it. And that is exactly what is taking place. And now a few closing comments. Politics is all about controlling the narrative and putting your candidate out to the public in a favorable light in the weekly news cycle. Having said this, we've had some good news uh, recently, some not good news, and some fantastic news this week. Well, first, the good news is that the mainstream legacy media outlets are crashing. People are sick and tired about being lectured about left-wing uh, communist or left-wing progressive ideas. They've had enough, so they're turning away from the legacy media. Public trust of the legacy news and information bulwarks such as Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, and the Alphabet TV news anchors has been crashing for years. But it's now going into an absolute freefall in 2024. According to Fortune, trust in media is so low that half of America now believes that news organizations deliberately mislead them. And this study was released in the poll by Gallup and Knight Foundation in February of last year. So why is this good news? Well, it appears that consumers of news and information, again, they're throwing a flag on the field. And yeah, we can do that right now. Yep. There it is. There's a flag on the field. Yeah, they're sick and tired of being lectured to about progressive, mind-numbing ideas that, yeah, it's, it's sure, this is a great idea. There's no such thing as men. No such thing as women. You can just change your gender anytime, just like changing your wardrobe, not. No, we're saying no, and Americans are saying no. They don't trust the mainstream media anymore. 
They're seeing too much bias in the reporting of the news. In a January 30th, 2024 article in the Washington Examiner titled RIP to the Legacy Media, 1974-2024, the following observations are made. Quote, journalism was once the profession of working class people, unglamorous and interested in just reporting facts. Then came Watergate and Woodward and Bernstein in the 1970s. Journalism was suddenly considered sexy. The profession became overrun with elites who badly slanted their stories to push the narrative of liberalism. As a result, they lost readers, and now the legacy media are dying. It's all true. Still in 2024, we seem to be reaching a dramatic tipping point where the far left fourth estate finally comes crashing down. Sports Illustrated is shutting down. The Washington Post and the Los Angeles Times are losing millions every week and laying off reporters. And CNN has no audience, unquote. So that's good news. The American public is leaving the legacy media They just aren't watching it. They're not viewing it. They're not watching it on their handheld devices. They're not watching it on their televisions, which now leaves a gap for conservative rationalism to fill in. So as I've mentioned, we've got good news, not so good news, and great news. So our second point here is the not so good news. And that is that the GOP is missing an opportunity. In particular, the RNC, led by four-term chair Rana Romney McDaniel, is not attracting millennials or Gen Z volunteers. Rana Romney McDaniel has failed to inspire the younger volunteers in the conservative movement. And she needs to walk away from RNC leadership immediately. And this is what Charlie Kirk was talking about in the, in the cut that we heard earlier in the program, that the younger volunteers, your Gen Z, your millennials, they are not inspired at all by what they see coming from the RNC. And if you don't fire up that generation, you're in trouble. Which leads us to our third point, As we conclude today's program, which is more good news, Charlie Kirk and his organization, Turning Point USA and Turning Point Action, which just recently met in Vegas, they're firing up young conservatives and Republican leaders, precinct leaders, district chairs, and national committee men and women. The recent event held by Turning Point Action in Las Vegas is a testament that there are still young and energetic patriots that are willing to volunteer their time and resources to advance the conservative cause and save America. If a movement is not reaching the next generation, then that movement is on a downward spiral towards extinction. Charlie Kirk and his organizations and network of donors are leading the way for the future of the conservative movement and the Republican Party. This is positive news for the future of America. 
Liberty-loving Americans don't give in to the zeitgeist of negativity and chaos that can be viewed daily on social media and through the Alphabet Networks. If you embrace the negativity, then you've already lost the narrative war. Remember, we're in a spiritual battle for the heart and soul of America and future generations of Americans. Our actions today will become the history that future generations will read about. America shall remain the land of the free and the home of the brave, a place where we can still proclaim liberty throughout the land. And that's a comforting thought. Until next time for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.